Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey guys, it's Vlad Harris here with our Panther Rants podcast. Happy Tuesday to you guys. My kids are back in spring, from spring break. They're back in school. You know, they didn't put much much of a fight this time. I mean, even even the same with the holidays as well, which is odd. I mean, they were, I mean, they, you know, the holidays, they were sad that they, it was over because they were off for two weeks. Shoot. I'd be happy. If I, I'd be, I'd be sad too if I was off for two freaking weeks. I just don't like packing lunches and all that stuff. I mean, I, I do it. You know, they have, I mean, their school has free lunch. I mean, you know, you get your lunch pass. You don't pay nothing for it. And you, you know, if you want, you can go to you can go to the cafeteria in the morning and get breakfast. You know, but anything else like if they want candy and stuff like that, they have to go to the PTO store and buy it. So they'll do that. But you know, I try and encourage them. Like, hey, you know, they got free lunch. You know, and some of it's not bad. You know, I. No, we want to take our lunch. Ah, okay, whatever. So you pack a lunch. I mean, my my oldest, he still likes taking his lunch. You know, he'll he'll go he will go and get breakfast in the morning. My daughter, who's one and still a little shy, is afraid to, I guess, get her lunch. Although she did in the beginning when her friends were getting lunch, but then like she stopped. So I don't know. But anyways, I'm heading down to uh, down to Lake Jackson. You know, we, we're um, we got a hospital down here that we're trying to get more of an understanding of uh, what they do. Actually, I know what they do. It's just that there's some people who want to uh, take control of what they do. There won't be more control. And I guess and they don't, and they don't like it when they're not in control is what it is basically what it is. And you know, I try to explain it to you know the certain these certain people that you know we're a new entity entity and we're off and we're coming in and these people think we're trying to take control of their stuff already. So they're not gonna give us any information. And our goal is not to take control of it. Let them have it. But in a case of something would happen, like say if you know, layoffs happen, or you know they just quit, we need to know what they do. But you have to approach them in a way where you, it doesn't come off as you're taking over their stuff. Because otherwise, they won't give you nothing. Right, right. But anyways, that's where we're at. And plus, I'm on a call this week, which sucks. But that's part of life. It's part of the rotation. It happens. So, um, championship week happened. 
obviously there were some exciting games. I mean, we saw the return of Zion Williams. And there was a big conspiracy theory that um, he was not coming back. He was done. And I wouldn't blame him if he was. It is what it is. He came back against North Carolina. I guess, yeah, against North Carolina, he was definitely back. And the guy obviously did miss a beat. And, of course, Nike released a statement saying, oh, we inve- we, inv- we investigated the whole thing. And we realized it was just a freak accident. Gee, really? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you don't see many shoes exploding on the court like that ever. I mean, if it was, um, if the shoe exploded on the foot of, say, like, uh, I don't know, like a John Doe type of player, nobody would have cared. We would have had this whole big blow up over it. And we would have, we would have people jumping on social media and say, oh, we got to pay the players. We got to pay them. Oh, if we don't, this is what happens. I mean, I have no issues with these guys going straight from high school to the NBA, but the NBA part of the CBA created the um, the one-and-done rule. So, I mean, I just, I, I laugh when I see these NBA players picking up against this whole thing, and they created it, and the thing is, they won't own, they won't own it, and they're pushing it on the NCAA. I mean, I mean, one thing you can do for these players, it's, you know, for one thing, you can't really pay them. I mean, all that money they get funds the, uh, it funds the athletic department. It funds all the programs. What you can do is let these guys make their money off their likenesses, let them sell autographs, memorabilia. And personally, on the players, I mean, if, I mean, if that's all you're getting then... I turn my attention to TV networks because they're the ones plastering your likeness, your likeness, or actually your your uh, your photos, your videos, all over their network to attract viewers. You know, watch Zion tonight against North Carolina, and you're gonna see the commercial endless loops. So I'd be going after them for the most. You know, that's what I'd be doing. Just going after those those guys as well. Go after TV networks. They're the ones uh, pimping your name out to get their to get viewers. Do that. But Duke obviously made their run the ACC tournament, and we got three ACC one seeds. North Carolina's in the Midwest. Duke in the East. Virginia in the South. And uh, poor Gonzaga in the West. Now, look at the uh, tournament itself, although I wanted to get more into Steelers talk, but we'll get this out of the way. Pretty good setup, I mean, by, con- by power con- quote-unquote power conference, you got um, eight Big Ten teams which was a shock this year, but the Big Ten was a deep conference. A really deep conference. I mean, 
Penn State should have won 20 games this year. They were very talented, but they have Pat Chambers, and they suck. So, And, of course, he, he, he goes 7-4, 7-2 down the stretch. I think it was 7-4. And guess what? He, he gets come back another year. Other programs, he'd be fired. I mean, because he... The year before, they should have been in the NCAA tournament. They get the, their, their NIT one seed, I believe, and they won. They win the NIT. They obviously made a case that they belonged in that tournament. Not in the NIT, but the NCAA tournament. They made their case. Then you figure the next year they're going to come come big back and do big things and. They fall flat on their face. I mean, I think Tony Carr was a big loss for them, but still, they Pat Chambers has done a really good job recruiting at Penn State. He's brought in talented players. It's just he's a shitty coach, but they're bringing him back for another year. I don't think he's earned the right to come back, but that's them. That's just how their thinking is. I mean... They fired Coquise Washington for uh, all, the, all those times she took the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, the last three years, they, they fell off. But Pat Chambers has done dick with this program. And he gets to come back. I mean, he's, I mean, I, I think they've given him more leeway than the Chalice did. I mean, and the Chalice had a bigger mess than the Chambers did. But, uh, yeah, if you, look, if you look at that, I mean, eight Big Ten teams is impressive. Seven ACC, te- ACC teams, seven SEC teams. I mean, that's a, to be honest with you, that's impressive for the SEC. Um, if you, you know, not too long ago, I mean, like two, three years back, they started hiring actual, actual coaches. And it's paid off because they actually, maybe people will start taking their basketball a little more seriously. Because we haven't, then Lord knows how long ever. Because it's always been Kentucky and whoever else. I mean, they had, you know, Bruce Pearl came in and, you know, gave them a threat. But uh, and Bruce got, uh, you know, had a barbecue one day and it violated rules and he got fired. Crazy, huh? How that works out. But Pearl is back at Auburn. And he's doing big things. I mean, they won the SEC tournament. Then you got Tennessee gra- grabbing a two seed. The Vols done a hell of a job. LSU has done pretty well, and of course they're running under a big uh, scandal right now. At least Will Wade is. I have no issues with Will Wade coaching in the tournament. I mean, for LSU, you come this far with them. Yeah, there's the big scandal. They're going to screw you no matter what. Let them coach. I mean, yeah, you're going to probably lose the records going probation. So what? You'll be, ba- you'll be back in you know, another you know, pretty good hire. You'll be back in it. So I say let them coach. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's morally, morally wrong to let him, let him coach. But you know what? They came this far. Let them do it. 
because they're gonna lose these. They're probably gonna lose these. Lot. They're probably gonna be disqualified anyway after a while. You know, after the fact, because that's what the NCAA does. They'll just disqualify them after the fact. So who cares? Let them coach. That's what I think they should do. But I feel like the brackets themselves, I've looked at them. I haven't gone too in depth with them. And by by Thursday, that I will. But I think this is going to be more of an... The way this is shaping up, I think it's going to be more of an ACC Big Ten... Type of type of power struggle. Now the region Duke is in, which is the East. They got two seated Michigan State in their bracket. So if there's one team that could probably beat Duke, it's probably going to be Michigan State. And Tom Mizzo and NCAA tournament, as you guys know. He's good for at least a Sweet 16 Elite 8 appearance. Because uh, it doesn't matter what he does in the regular season. He just does magical things in March. So, that's all. It's going to come down to those two teams. Now, in the West, you have Gonzaga. But Gonzaga has a whole bunch of... Uh, they're going to have a whole bunch of problems. You know, if, you know, if they, they'll get, they'll definitely get past round one. Round two, though, they get, they got, they get Syracuse, and Syracuse, as you know, plays that annoying ass zone defense. And Syracuse has the, um, they have the personnel to make a run this year. It doesn't matter what they did in the regular season. They've got, you know, they got big, they got big men, they got length, they got, they got shooters, and they got the zone. That people just can't, for some reason, move the ball against. <laughs> Using football terms. But Gonzaga has to deal with Buffalo, possibly Texas Tech. But I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's the thing. Another thing about the Big Twelve is, I'm just not buying the Big Twelve. I haven't for years. They, they always do good. Reg- they're always good in the regular season, but in the postseason, they don't do dick. It's, it's usually Kansas that only, only steps up. And not to mention they got Michigan in their bracket, Michigan in that bracket as well. They're a two seed. And a lot of people are, you know, Rothstein has predicted a um, Duke North Carolina final, but I don't know. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State are on that side of the bracket. I don't think that it may not happen. And if you know Bayline, how he is in, in, in March as well, Bayline. Had some pretty good luck with West Virginia in, in March, and he he was in the championship game last year, so he could go back, you know, go back in this year. We'll see. But the, um, the you know the Midwest, you got I mean North Carolina, obviously. I don't think there's really really anybody that can um, really pose a big threat to North Carolina. I think they have an easy bracket. I think Virginia has an easy bracket as well. I mean, they. I mean, that whole side of the bracket. I mean, that's pr- pretty much it's been handed to the ACC. And I could be wrong because you know what? I was I was pretty bad with my picks 
last year. And as I tried to analyze each round each, every every week, I was dead wrong on a lot of these. But on paper, I mean, it looks like it's been... I mean, that, whole, that one side, it could be easily Virginia, Virginia North Carolina. But I, I, the thing about Virginia is they, they remind me of the early, you know, Helen Dixon teams. I just don't see them... Um, yeah, we'll just hit the thing. I just don't see them... Getting to the final four because I just don't. It just their basketball doesn't. Their style doesn't really transcend them tournament success. It might though in this case. It, I mean, in this case it just might because they, they may have the players to actually do it. But I mean, last year they puckered really, really bad to a point. I mean, when you when you when you pucker so bad. That you lose to a 16 16-seeded team, that's you know, that's horrible. But I mean, Pitt, I mean, Pitt had their run-ins as well. I mean, you, you guys remember the first time they were a one seed? They struggled mightily against I think it was East Tennessee State, I believe, and they barely won that game. I mean, great duel, great duel called them the worst one seed ever. But who knows? Maybe Virginia learned a lot from last year and maybe this year they come out and they say you know what we're not going to let that happen we're going to run through this uh, bracket and we're going to get to the final four who knows where things happen that's why what John Rothstein says the unexpected is the unpredictable or the unpredictable is always the expected or whatever he calls it with, with college basketball same with North Carolina they can, I mean but they're but they're the thing about them is they have a culmination of NBA talent and veteran talent They have Cam Johnson, obviously, and you know there's a lot of people that want you know Cam to do all that well because you know he left Pitt. And to me, that you know what's done is done, and he did what was best for him. And I don't think it's you know really good to wish bad things on all people. Let him you know let him have a success, let him have his happiness. And I think there's you know there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of old pit guys that are gonna be on the tournament. I think um, Justice Kithcart from Old Dominion, he's gonna be there. And there's another guy too. Um, <clears throat> forget his name, but he was another former Dixon player that's in the tournament for Georgia State. Now, does this mean that? Um, now, does this mean that um, you know? If we kept Dixon, then we would, you know, have success and be in the tournament. No, probably not. I mean, Kithcart right now is gradually contributing to Old Dominion, a Conference USA program, as the person who's at Georgia State. So, and as far as Cam Johnson goes, he is who he is right now. I mean, he showed his he had a lot of potential at Pitt. And we saw a lot of it when he, when especially when Stallings was there. He went to a better program, and he he got better coaching, and he played against, but he practiced against better players every day. So he developed his game. He worked hard, and that's where he's at. And speaking of, of that, uh, TCU was left out of the tournament. Despite going twenty and thirteen, 
I mean, um, Jamie got his vaulted uh, 21 season. Good for him. But um, I, w- you know, if, if they, I figured they were going to be in the tournament. You know, their, their net I think was still good. I mean, NC State's net, which replaced their RPI, was a 33, and they didn't get in. St. John's got in, which made no sense because they, you know, they made noise early in the season, but they sucked. If anything, that appearance probably maybe a little parting gift for Chris Mullen before they fire him eventually, because he's been in that school Lord knows how long, and and they're just barely trying above water. I mean, they've given the guy four years. I mean, he's he obviously made some nice contributions to uh, St. John's when he played there, but. It's always it's always going to transcend the coaching. I don't think he's ever had any coaching experience, and he's pretty much doing all the job training. But uh, Texas TCU, for one thing, their out of conference schedule wasn't that great. They racked up that. They, you know, that's the Jamie formulas. He he finds a way to uh, to manipulate. Scheduling so they get you know to get his team in, but they they went uh, seven eleven in conference play, and not to mention they lost six of their last eight games in conference. So I think that skit alone, and, and, and not, not to mention the the, uh, the week not conference is what kept them out. And I think they, I think the uh, committee decided not to reward them this time for doing so shitty in their conference. I mean, on top of that, they have a seven-man rotation. I mean, one thing you can say is they had a seven-man rotation with 20 games. That's good. But they lost a lot of those guys in January. And after that, that team went, that's when the team went on the skid. And that's just that's life. They went on a skid, and, of course, they, they made up for it by being, you know, they beat a they beat a, a mediocre Texas team. They beat Oklahoma State in the opening round of the Big Twelve tournament, and the Oklahoma State sucks. I think what really um, if they would have beat Kansas State, I think in the next in the second round, they probably would have been in the tournament. But uh, I'm not sure what uh, what. A class you know Jamie has coming in, incoming for next year, but he loses uh, some big seniors, and he's got just, he's got a lot of work ahead of him for next year. I mean, he's got to replace five guys he lost. I mean, he's on a seven-man rotation, and the guy coaches his ass off. And he, and he, you know, he did you know this you know, down the stretch here to try to get him in, and it just didn't work, and. You know, obviously he wasn't too happy about that, but I guess he felt his team wasn't rewarded, you know, for playing a tough conference, but the thing is, is that conference doesn't really do much when they get into the tournament, but as far as the Final Four goes, I don't really have a Final Four set, I'll probably, I'll probably tweet it out later in the uh, week, at least before Thursday.
then, you know, it can go anyway. I mean, I obviously like Duke, but the thing is, is uh, they're, they got Michigan State in their bracket. I think is a, I think is, I think they can take them down. I think Virginia can, get, can will pay their dues. North Carolina as well. I mean, we could see on one half of the bracket the Big Ten and one half of the ACC. We could see Michigan, Michigan State on one side of the Final Four, and then Virginia and North Carolina the other other final other side. It could happen. Then maybe Virginia upsets North Carolina, and maybe whatever Michigan, Michigan State takes up takes down Virginia. Because maybe the Big Ten is due. They might be. I thought they were due last year, but of course, we saw what happened there with Villanova. Anyways, we'll wrap uh, wrap up some more of this. Um, obviously, the ongoing saga of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, AB, and Le'Veon Bell is still brewing, and of course, people have their own takes and narratives. And you guys, I mean, it's reached a point where now a fumble in a game is now being looked upon as, uh, you know, according to some people, Ben fumbled the ball on purpose because he he didn't like a play call. Now, there's no debate that Ben's a jerk. It's been, it's been well documented. And maybe he's not the nicest guy in the locker room as well, everybody. True. But the uh, idea that he just like purposely fumbled the, the ball away late in the game makes no sense. And of course, Bruce Gratkowski, I guess, dug up the footage and he analyzed it and posted it. But those same people who say that Ben did on purpose aren't buying it. They're saying, look at the direction of the ball carriers. You know, Ben forgot the play and he forgot on purpose. And I don't know, guys. I don't know what to tell them. Do you guys know? I don't. But I think at the end of the day, people have their narratives. They have... They want to believe what they want to believe. And that's that. I mean, if one side wants to believe that Ben didn't do this and the video tells them otherwise, sure. But the other side still is not buying the video because they're saying, look, he, he, may, he may have forgotten on purpose. Or look how the, look at the direction of the one ball carrier. He it was supposed to go this back, but he didn't, you know. Everybody has their own, their own, their own narrative on this. And none of, them are, none of them obviously are going to agree with it. So... For certain media types, especially on local media, to continually tweet these people that have these opinions, it's a waste of time because they're not gonna they're not gonna say, "Oh yeah, you're right." That's not how you know online debate works. As you guys know, even back in the message board days, nobody really concedes in online debates ever. The thread just keeps going, going, and going. And then you get to the point where people are posting links to stuff. They're posting links to articles. They're, di- they're, they're digging through your old posts on message board and saying, remember you said this? Remember this? And message boards, it was a never-ending cycle. And in terms of, um, well, Twitter, it's the same thing. 
nobody's gonna nobody's gonna you know concede or back down. They have what they have, and that's it. Some do because they firmly believe in it. Some do it for Twitter likes and follows, and some do both. But I think on once. But the thing is, is um, I think in the case of Josh Harris, you're not going to convince him otherwise. So it's kind of a waste of time to continually at the guy because he doesn't buy. He's not buying anything that you're saying or anything on video. This is what he believes, and you know if he wants to be on that hill, let him be on it. If he dies on, he dies on it. I'm sure he'll figure figure he'll he'll figure out the next step. So continue at him is you know it's just it's just pointless. You're not gonna you're not gonna flip him otherwise. And he's like and then on the flip side of it, he's not gonna be able to convince them either that they're wrong. I mean neither one. So it's it's just a waste of time. Definite waste of time. Oh well, guys. I'll sign off here. So I'm approaching close to the 30 minute mark. I'll get much else to talk about, but enjoy the week. I'm sure I'll be on before this weekend's the week's over. Uh, do your brackets. I'll be doing a bunch. And I uh, hey, hail to pit. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.